You're listening to Save the Date, the number one podcast about all things wedding-y. This is episode 94. That's my sort of choral singing voice. If I was really going to sing, it, I'm not saying it would be better than that, but that was very old lady singing. That's how we all end up singing. No matter how old you are now, when you are 70 to 90, you will sing like that. It's the rules. You get short hair for some reason. Lots of old ladies embrace the short hair. Even if you never had short hair before, you cut it all off, you get the perm, and you sing like this. That's the song. Okay, you've heard enough of that. Welcome to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. If you're new to this dig, well, you probably just got a good idea of what you're up for. I am uh, I am hosting this show. This is episode 94, as I just sang to you, and I'm delighted to have you join me today. Lots to talk about going to be answering a lot of your wedding Q&A questions, but also I did a periscope. I had to say a periscope broadcast recently. I'm trying to do more of them. It's really fun. A lot of people are getting on board. If you've not heard of what Periscope is, basically it's like a live broadcast that you can watch on your phone. And when you are watching the live broadcast, you can comment via a sort of text message situation, or you can, which Rich thinks is hilarious, you can give people hearts. And by giving hearts, it's just tapping the screen. And by giving hearts, it somehow elevates the person who is doing the broadcast. It elevates them in the Periscope community. I'm not quite sure yet if that's bullshit or not. But, you know, you end up sort of saying, can you give me some hearts? And it sort of sounds a bit, I don't want to say slutty, it's the wrong word, but you're sort of a bit needy. You go, give me hearts. So sometimes my lovely husband, Rich, will go, give me hearts, just as a joke when I'm sounding a bit desperate. So uh, Periscope. What's wonderful about Periscope is if you are online when I'm broadcasting, you can jump on and have a chat via the text situation, I chat back. I have been having a crack at doing some wedding Q&A episodes and recording them, hopefully, for upcoming Q&A episodes that I can use the audio for. Does that make sense? Of course it makes sense. So I have been doing a couple of these wonderful Periscope situations, and it's been great to hear feedback from people, direct feedback about the podcast, but also topics they would like me to cover. And one of the really interesting, this is getting a bit meta, but stay with me. One of the topics that came up in conversation of a recent broadcast was talking about unplugged weddings. And I know I've, I've covered that topic a little bit, and I'd like to talk further about that because I think people are getting more and more on board about the idea of potentially not having technology at their wedding, or at least during the ceremony. So they're asking their guests to perhaps pop the phones, pop the devices, pop the cameras into your wallet, pocket, purse, whatever, pop them down and just focus on what's happening at the current time. Which, you know, is something we can all probably do a little bit more often because I find my go-to situation is if I have to wait for two minutes or if I'm on a train or a bus, rather than just sitting comfortably in my own thoughts, I have to pick up the device. I'm sure you are in a very similar situation. Perhaps you're a mindful person and you do have time to yourself. I did read a really interesting article recently. I think it was in Women's Health magazine, and it was about the art of imagination and daydreaming and how we as a community of humans are actually not using that part of our brains much anymore. And I'm, I'm talking about when you're sitting on a bus 
or a train or in the car and you just drift off in your own special place and you might think about Leonardo DiCaprio. It doesn't have to be sexual. I'm not saying it has to be a crazy sex thing. Uh, why did it go to sex so quickly? Mm, that's saying something about me. I'm just saying when you drift into that sort of lovely stage of being aware but also going off into your own little dream world, that is what we call you know, imagination going into that zone. And now with the advent of the smartphone and how we are also seemingly reliant on it in everyday life and for taking up moments of time where we probably would have just sat and stared or sat in a cafe waiting for a friend to arrive or waiting for the bus, we instantly look into our palms for inspiration. And perhaps it is nice to actually put them down and have a little little special moment with your own brain. So this article I was reading was all about how we have lost, in a way, the capacity to daydream. And it's really important in our brains when we daydream and we go into imagination land, it actually sort of resets the brain. It puts the brain into a nice, calm, neutral mode and helps to revive, like having a little nap in a way. I know I've digressed slightly, but my point is a lot of couples are out now actually sort of saying, you know what, we would prefer if our guests focused on what we're doing up here because that's sort of the point of the day and could perhaps just ask them to pop the phones away and, you know, not necessarily be taking photos. Now, a lot of guests will go, well, I want to document this moment. I want to have this for my records. And an easy way to reply is simply, we have a professional photographer that we've invested quite a large sum of money in. Perhaps, potentially, hopefully you have someone taking the photographs, whether it's it's expensive or not. And uh, we can share those with you at a later date. Just relax. Take a chill pill. So my conversation on Periscope when I was doing this live broadcast recently took an avenue uh, of Periscope and Meerkat. Perhaps you are going for the opposition. I'm not, I don't have any sort of affiliation with either. They're both video live broadcasting platforms. And one of my lovely listeners had said that she had recently used Periscope at a wedding and it was a way to broadcast moments of the wedding to the outside world. And this put up a really interesting dialogue between uh, some other people that were on the chat, sort of saying, what do we feel about the, well, the moral situation of it all? And I'm not saying judgy moral. I just mean, what? how do you stop people if you don't want necessarily it to go out to be broadcast to the world? We're actually in a new phase of social media where people are sharing Everything, every last moment of their lives are being broadcast. And I think Periscope has its pros and cons when it comes to Periscope and Skype. I'm, I'm not going to just say it's one brand, but when it comes to sharing moments, it can be used in a wonderful way, but also not necessarily in a good way if someone is Periscoping your wedding and it's going out to, I don't know, up hundreds, thousands, tens, who knows, of people that you don't know. So it was a really interesting chat and I would so love to hear your thoughts on this. I've been doing some great, uh, as you'll hear later on in this episode, I'm going to continue a conversation I've been having on the Save the Date podcast Facebook page where I've been asking for your feedback and it's been great. So I'm going to pop up a question today about what you think about social media at your wedding. Are you encouraging it? 
Are you the sort of person that's saying, I don't wish to have a hashtag, we don't have a web page, we have nothing to do with us as a wedding union online, we want to keep it that way, or are you embracing all of this technology? When I talked about uh, the pros and cons of a live broadcast during your wedding, one of the pros absolutely is if you have friends and family that are unable to attend your wedding, it might be really nice to create a private broadcast, which you can do obviously via Skype, but you can also do that via Periscope and Meerkat. It's very simple to set it up. I'm going to ask you to Google the instructions because no one wants to hear me do tech instructions over the audio, but it's very simple. You can invite specific people to your broadcast and then ask a friend or family member to film it for them for you and uh, get that out. So it is going out live, no matter where you are, someone can hook into that link and watch watch your wedding ceremony. So that in itself is a wonderful you know, a, addition to a wedding service if you have people overseas or within your same country, it doesn't even matter, who are unable to attend. But it is important that if you don't want this broadcast, because one of the things is when you jump onto Periscope and uh, you hit the broadcast button, it can basically, it sends out a little text and it can attract people from all over the place. I've been doing broadcasts and I've had people in just some crazy different countries uh, in the middle of the night watching me talk about weddings. I mean, why would you? But thanks for doing it. So that's a really important point to make if you are choosing to do that. Make sure you uh, check your privacy settings. And if you aren't comfortable with someone periscoping and live broadcasting your wedding, then make it known. People don't know things unless you tell them, basically. Very, very fundamental acts of communication will make sure there are no problems. And uh, if you are choosing to have an unplugged wedding, again, it's something that you need to communicate to your guests in a way that's perhaps fun and straightforward. And one easy way to do it is simply ask the person who is marrying you, not your partner. I mean, the person that stands at the front and does all the vows, that does all the legal bits, whether it's a minister or a celebrant or a registrant or a registrar. Oh, so many people that potentially could do doing that for you, or a friend, if you're getting them to marry you, ask them to just make an announcement at the top of the uh, service and say, listen, guys, we'd prefer it if you pop your phones away. You can hop back on Tinder in five minutes' time. That's basically it. So... <laughs> If you are choosing to have an unplugged wedding, I'd love to hear from you as well. What are you doing to communicate that to your guests? Are you using any sort of novel way or are you simply communicating that via a person at the front telling people to put the stuff in your handbags? There it is. Periscope and weddings. I think it's a really interesting topic and it's only going to get more interesting as people discover that app. And uh, if you aren't on Periscope, you don't have to actually join to, to broadcast. You just join to watch. And I have seen so many great broadcasts lately of people all over the world talking about very specific things. Again, it's like when you're on social media, you see, you follow people. If you're into craft, there's the great crafty people. If you're into fishing, you can follow fishing people. And with Periscope as well, there are great personalities 
celebrities on board who a lot of them are bloggers who don't necessarily do videos and podcasts perhaps um, and aren't really necessarily known for their performer side of them but it's fascinating watching people talk about their area of interest so I say if you haven't uh, just sort of lingered on Periscope or checked out the app it's totally free hop on board have a look explore have a good time A couple of episodes ago, I shared a question that I had asked on the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Facebook page, and it got lots of attention. So I reposted the question recently just to see if I could get some more answers and different perspectives, and it's been great. The question, well, actually, it was a wonderful Sum e-card. If you don't use Sum e-cards, they're fantastic, they're free, and they're really kooky, and there's lots of community and user-generated cards with very funny and sometimes naughty results that you can post online and the the image that I posted was of some bridesmaids sort of 50s image and it says I'm attending a beautiful wedding in a hideous bridesmaids dress I think some of us uh, couldn't feel that pain so I basically asked if 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 you were choosing your bridesmaids dresses or is it a group consensus and The second question I asked was, do you think if one of your bridesmaids truly felt uncomfortable in the chosen dress that she would feel confident in letting you know? And it's really one of those topics where I think it brings out not, and I'd never use, I always say, don't be a bridezilla, be a bride chiller, because that's what you guys all are. But it does bring out that topic of allowing your friends to have a bit of free reign on a day that you've imagined and you have uh, the picture in your head and it does it does sort of bring out a little bit of control in a lot of people when it comes to saying you will wear this this is what I've imagined you in and you will wear it no matter what and it's lovely to read the comments where people are having fun with it as well and saying look I can be bridezilla for one day they're going to wear what I want I held your hair while you vomited you power chucked in 1999, when you mixed vodka and tequila together with black currant juice, and then when you spewed, it was bright red. That feels like it's real because it is. There we go. There's a personal story. Guess which friend it is? No one will ever know. But this is the thing. With bridesmaids, there's often a lot of history involved. There's a lot of friendship. Sometimes you are in a situation where you can go, listen, friend, all right? You know the deal. This is what's happening. Other times, and this, I'm finding this a lot more with my lovely letters from you wonderful lovelies, is that a lot of bridesmaids are sister-in-laws. They're friends that aren't perhaps from long, long time. They're friends, they're new friends. So you have to be careful with your behavior. Now, again, if someone's in your bridal party, I really hope that you can be relaxed and chill enough to have an adult conversation. But I do find that a lot of people don't want to just say it out loud and say, listen, I'm not very comfortable. So I loved asking this question and hearing your responses. So I want to share a couple more with you, if you will. Lindsay said, I gave my bridesmaids the color scheme and asked them to choose their own, but ended up taking them all shopping and choosing a dress together because no one knew what to buy. They're all in the same dress now and happy, I hope. And I love that little, I hope, I love that little moment of going, you think? I've just, I'm second guessing. Don't second guess, Lindsay. I think this is great. You've taken on a group shopping mission, which is fun. 
And it sounds like that you've got something that they all want to wear, which is lovely. Laurie says, originally, I was going to let it be a group consensus, but after the first meeting, I took the decision back, and now all three of mine are wearing the same dress that I picked. May make me look like a bossy bride. Not at all. Come on, Laurie. Come on, lady. Sarah Eva said, a group consensus. It took a copious amount of emails, honest chats, and time spent identifying the closest dress shop to four women. Oh, this is a good point. Each living in different parts of the country with four very different bodies. Then we referred to the model number and measurements and ordered the discounted versions online. Aha! See, now this is great. Sarah, you've made some wonderful points here. A lot of people are in very different geological geographical, not geological, geographical places. (laughs) And maybe there are parts of rocks. I don't know. So you must take into consideration if you're purchasing dresses online, perhaps it's good to find a physical shop, a store where your people can go and trade things on. Or if not, if you're using an ASOS or one of these sort of online uh, shopping communities, that they can be sent the dress and try it on wherever they are and then either have it altered or if it doesn't work and it doesn't look good, they can return it. What it's really nice to do if you're doing same-samey dresses is certainly give yourself enough time for your bridesmaids to be able to have their dress altered. Don't do this the week before. And also, I really think that you don't necessarily need to be all in the one place to be able to have a dress shortened or cinched in or changed in some way. If you are lucky enough well, I say lucky, something not always great, to have the dress being made for you, then yes, it will require some physical presence to be measured and and adjusted. So make sure that's factored into your time as well. But I love this, this point, Sarah, that you make, that you have all discussed it. You've all identified what dress shops that are close to you. And I'm sure in that conversation, you had maybe sort of said what suits their bodies, their shapes, maybe asking other bridesmaids what shops they like to go to, what stores that they like to purchase dresses from. And uh, one thing I know when I'm shopping online, there are certain brands that I know will fit me and other brands I know look great on models and not on me. So make sure if that's conversations happening that you perhaps ask their opinion on what they like to wear and then go from there. Emma from Paperless Wedding UK, uh, and I'm going to talk about them actually. Thank you for writing, Emma. You've just, just reminded me something very important. Emma says, I had the issue of my little, in quote, bridesmaid being a lot older when we actually got married. (laughs) The transition from primary school to secondary age, she did not appreciate wearing the same dress as a six-year-old and took it off as soon as she possibly could. She was too young to wear an adult dress. This is a great point if you're having a junior bridesmaid or a little uh, flower girl. Then think about... That tenuous, oh my gosh, that age, the tween age, it can get a bit uncomfortable when 12-year-olds think they're 34 and ready to go and go out into the workforce and have four kids. This is the stage where you make a great point, Emma. They're not necessarily ready to be in adult bridesmaids' dresses, but also they don't want to look like a little kid. So fantastic piece of advice there is just don't plan too far ahead when it comes to those sort of aged kids. Also, little kids grow really quickly. I'm not saying they're like the Hulk, but if you're buying dresses a year in advance or something like that for these little tiny people, they will expand. 
because that's evolution. That's what happens. So make sure if, yes, you are purchasing dresses and getting good deals, make sure there is some wiggle room in there for them to actually grow and be older. And if you're dealing with tweens, good luck to you. They're crazy. God, I mean, were we like that? Were we like that? I hope not. I really don't. Last thought, uh, and I'm going to come back to paperless wedding. Hold the thought. I'm just going to finish up here with the bridesmaid stuff. Christian Bain said, uh, I gave my friends the option of choosing their own attire in a grey colour. I sent some links of dresses I liked to give them an idea of what direction I was going. Again, lovely. A bit of inspo. A bit of inspiration goes a long, long way. And it also gives people guidance. If you are asking them to choose, they're not going to pick some sort of crazy halter gown. It's not necessarily crazy, but something that's a bit off the wall if you're saying, I would like you in a formal ball gown, which is very different to an informal ball gown, which we all have in our cupboards. <laughs> now, I wanted to go back quickly to Paperless Wedding UK. Uh, Emma runs a wonderful business and she wrote me an email uh, recently and sort of said that she would like to share some information about her product. Now, this is not a paid thing. This is just someone, I like her gear and I'm going to help her out here and help you out because I'm going to give you a big discount. Emma got in touch with me uh, after hearing episode 83 of the Save the Date Wedding podcast, which was entitled How to Plan an Ethical and Environmentally Friendly Wedding, or as I've said recently, how to feel really smug about yourself, but be really good to the world. I think that would have actually been a better title. But really, it was an episode all about trying to just, you know, reduce your carbon footprint and be a bit better a person in this society that we have on planet Earth. And Emma runs a wonderful website called paperlesswedding.co.uk and the tagline is cutting the paper out of wedding invitations. And it's a lovely idea that you can create gorgeous paper-free wedding stationery that looks just as fabulous as a printed you know, wedding invitation and all that sort of jazz and uh, have it really well designed. It looks stylish and also incorporate a theme into a wedding website. I really like that idea and it's all one of those uh, websites where you can design it and upload your own stuff. You can import and track all of your RSVPs and uh, share things online via the paperless wedding uh, form basically very easy to use and uh, I would highly recommend. There is a UK and Australian and New Zealand website and you can also use, if you're in the States, you can use it as well. And if you are interested in, well, taking Emma up on her offer, she has very generously supplied me with a discount code and it's valid for one year. So if you're not doing this for a little while and you're listening to this, I don't know, next year, well, jump on board. The code is SAVE20% podcast. That is SAVE20% podcast. And you will get 20% off your order with the wonderful paperlesswedding.co.uk. I'm delighted to share those sort of offers. If you have something like that going, if you're a wedding vendor listening, or if you have a great discount code that you have used and you want to share with the Save the Date Wedding Podcast audience, listeners, family, community, I highly encourage you to share it with me and I will pass it on. Gosh, I love a discount, possibly too much. I love finding a bargain. I love finding ways to cut the costs and no one else knows. And then buy shoes with what I've saved. <laughs> shoes and leather jackets. They seem to be, we're coming into winter here in the UK and uh, now I'm into the boots 
I'm into upgrading a leather jacket because they go with everything. That's just, you know, consumerist Alicia, here I come. So thank you, Emma, for sharing that with me. I'm so delighted that you heard that episode and uh, contacted me because now I can pass on the savings to my wonderful listeners. That is paperless paperlesswedding.co.uk and uh, no matter where you are you can get that going. Now let's smash out quickly a an answer to one of your wedding questions. I received this uh, letter from the lovely Danny B. She wrote to me recently and she says, hey Alicia, I love, 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 love your podcast. And I didn't add loves. She wrote all those, okay? I would never add extra loves if they weren't there. Just saying. I got engaged a week after your first podcast and have been listening faithfully ever since. I love you. I love you. Amazing. I have a million and one things I could be asking, but now I've gotten to the negotiating part of the wedding planning, I could use some help. And I think, Danny B, just reading what you are saying, which I will share with you momentarily, I think a lot of people are in the similar situation. I love a negotiator. So she says, my wedding is at a state park mansion, an old historic house in Connecticut. Sounds delightful. I'll be having the ceremony and reception outdoors. I hope you have a plan B. I'm just saying. I'm starting to feel stressed because I can see how rentals and catering are really adding up. The venue has a preferred caterer list. If you don't use one of their preferred caterers, there is a $250 charge. Mm-hmm. I've been corresponding with the only caterer that is willing to do a customized menu for me on uh, the preferred caterer list. I told her my budget is three and a half to $4,000. And of course, she says she can work with that. So 40 pounds, I was going to say pounds. This is so silly. I'm reading, it says dollars, but I'm so in the London mind. Scoozy, just scoozy. It's terrible because as an Australian, I think in dollars and I live in a country that works in pounds. doesn't make any sense. There it is. So, excuse me. She says, uh, I wanted to bargain her down to say about $32 per person tax and I'll give her 20% gratuity instead of 15%, which is more than it would have been before. I say all of this if I present this idea to her, am I being insulting? I want to stay within my budget and this sounds reasonable, but a friend of mine who was married at a restaurant venue has said the opinion that I'm getting a really good deal because otherwise if I was using the venue my friend used, for example, I'd be paying at least 10 Gs. Sigh, what do you think, Alicia? Okay, Danny, now again, if you are listening elsewhere, Outside of the United States of America, you probably won't be dealing with the tax and gratuities uh, situation that Danny is, but I know I have a lot of listeners in the US of A, so we're going to go with this. This is a big thing when it comes to negotiating that you do have to add on, and I always make this point with budgets, if there are extra additional state taxes, taxes, there's lots of taxes in Europe if you're traveling, getting married in Spain and Turkey, they've all got their extra special taxes. And a lot of people avoid knowing about the taxes because it means that their budget's going to go up and they deal with it when they get there and run the credit card through or transfer money and realize, shit, I owe another 25%. Where is this money coming from? So, Danny, it's really great that you are actually thinking it through logically and realistically and adding that tax into your main budget because, as I said, a lot of people avoid it and it bites them on the bot-bots later on when they have to pay the bill. When it comes to negotiating and knowing if you're getting a good deal or not, this is 
particularly an interesting topic about how far you can push a venue before they just go, get fucked, we're not giving you any more. And I say that in the kindest way. I love to push the limits when it comes to asking for discounts and negotiating, especially when I'm doing big transactions. And um, this is not even just in the wedding world. I think if you do not ask, they probably won't give it to you. They're not going to be offering discounts just cause. So there is a level of decorum that needs to be placed. I'm not asked saying you go around asking, you know, you're going to the supermarket and asking for discounts on things because that is not going to happen because the people that are working at the supermarket aren't in charge of giving you discounts. However, when you are dealing with wedding vendors and suppliers, there is always, I think, a negotiating angle that you can take. And I'm not saying that you drive people into the ground with asking them to give you deals that aren't physically possible. But when I say negotiating, I'm saying that you perhaps ask, I've said this before, if you are not wanting to have a photographer for nine hours and you know they're completely out of your price range, that you could then say, is there a compromise we can make to fit into my budget uh, if you perhaps only come for five hours and you can go and do another job on that day? These are always avenues that you should explore because the worst thing that can happen is they say no. Really, that's it. So depending, I, now it's lovely that your friend Danny has said, I think you're getting a really good deal, but your friend's not physically in this situation where she's talking to the venue that you're having one-on-one. -on -one. She's not in the business deal. Opinions are great, but I also think you need to take opinions with a grain of sand, sugar, salt, because she's not, this is not her money that's spending. This is your money. You work for it. You're the one that's doing the negotiating. So you need to go back and think about what you ideally would like to pay. Is it realistic when you are approaching the wedding vendor? Are you asking for a lot of discount from what you've just said from $40 to $32? There's probably a limit that that venue is going to allow negotiating to hit. And then they're going to say, absolutely not. We're not going to take any more money off. Take it or leave it, sweetheart. So my gut feeling is to have... A really open conversation, pitch the $32 deal, as you said, the gratuity you're paying more for, so it is evening it out. It's a different way to go about the negotiating. And the worst thing that can happen is that you end up with the $40 deal. So I, I think don't be crass when it comes to negotiating. Be respectful, be open, and be willing to accept a price that isn't your necessarily your dream price. Uh, if it doesn't work out. So yeah, be an, be an adult about it, I was going to say, which makes me sound like the biggest dickhead ever. I just mean be calm and firm and be, I always say this in the guide to getting hitched. If you haven't read it, download it. It's free. It's my book. I say, put on your sassy business heels and think like a businesswoman. Put on your casual smart loafers, think like a businessman and go in there and and play this like a business deal because the wedding vendors I talk to every day are people that are responsible business owners who understand the market, who understand the art of negotiation and compromise and are level-headed people and are used to being uh, asked about prices. And I can guarantee you 90% of the people I talk to are quite open to conversations and are quite willing to say, I will not change my price. Thank you very much. So if that's the case, they move on. I hope that's helped you, Danny. I think you are being really responsible and going through your maths in a very 
uh, clear way and I really hope that you have a positive outcome when it comes to this venue. It's great that you have a venue that you can get married and uh, enjoy the wedding celebrations all in one place. It does save a lot of money with transportation and also if you are getting married in Connecticut, it sounds like a wonderful place. Visually, it could be beautiful for photographs and also for your guest to visit and enjoy. There it is. I love hearing from you. If you have negotiated, if you've driven a hard bargain, if you found some sort of amazing loophole, I'd love to hear about it. If you have tips for other brides that I haven't talked about, there are so many great ways to save money and not be shonky about it. And also to have a really good conversation about negotiating is something that I would like to bring you. I'm going to try and find someone that can talk a little bit about the art of being a skillful negotiator without being a jerk. <laughs> that might be the name of my next book. Be a skillful negotiator without being a jerk. Full stop by Alicia McCormack. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. If you like this show, please share it with your family and friends. Share it online. This is the only way you know they can get the word out is uh, by you helping me. So I appreciate it very much. If you haven't rated or reviewed um, the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Pod, Bloody, whatever you listen to this thing on, uh, if you could do that, I'd really appreciate it. And if you screen grab and send it to me, um, I will read it out and share the love. I do so hope you're enjoying your wedding planning. If there's anything I can do to help you, visit savethedatepodcast.com. Make sure you check out Emma's discount code, her wonderful deal that she is offering. I think that's great. I'll be sure to post that via social media as well if you're looking for the link. Until Monday's episode, my pretties, happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.